You'll get to it. Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Hit that like button to help spread some common sense news coverage and let's just jump into it. Y'all, first up in what the fuck even is this story news? This was heavily requested on the text line. This story has like everyone, Bobby Lee, Kalila Kuhn, Brendan Schaub, Andrew Schultz and the Flagrant 2 podcast, Ethan Klein and the H3 podcast. Also, I'm not done. Because finally it includes Esther Pavitsky and Annie Lederman. Those last two hosting a podcast with Kalila called Trash Tuesday. So on that podcast, Annie Lederman mentions a married comedian who she says hit on her by asking her to walk him to his truck, suggesting that was innuendo for sexual activity. With Kalila saying the same comedian previously hit on her as well, despite the fact that she was with Bobby Lee. Well, they never said his name there in a later episode bringing up the story, they said his initials were BS. With that, along with other comments like he's a comedian who isn't funny, which is a thing that people say about Brendan, you had people believing that this was about Brendan Shaw. And after mentioning this story, they also mentioned that there was gossip pertaining to them about a scandal and said that they were actually being threatened with a lawsuit. And on social media, this thing just takes on a life of its own, but uh, to save time, I'm just gonna fast forward to last week when you had Brendan Schaub addressing this on the Flagrant 2 podcast, denying that he hit on Annie or that he threatened them with legal action, saying, yeah, there were some issues, but it's all in the past. Uh, Did you I'm try learning. to wog Annie Letterman <laughs> to your truck? No, it doesn't make sense. No, I have nothing but love for her. You really? know, I have no idea, you know, what her issue is, anything yeah. like that. That's fine. That's her narrative, and that's how she feels. All yeah. good. I get it. Yeah, yeah. As far as Kalila goes, you know, me and her had a long conversation on the phone. Me right. and her are good, man. Yeah. No one's suing anybody. Saying he's good friends with Bobby that he asked for Kalila's number and adding. So I called her, and we just had a conversation, you know, for for over an hour. Me and her are good, man. And at one point, talking about what good friends he is with Bobby. No one's been more supportive when I started than Bobby Lee, dude. With Shab also praising Kalila, saying that anything regarding suing must have just been a miscommunication, and adding he doesn't blame her for being mad if she saw something suggesting that he was coming for her. I don't subscribe to social media, so if she's getting that news yeah. and she subscribes to it, I would be upset too. So seemingly it's figured out, the door is closed on it, but then Bobby and Kalila go on the H3 podcast saying that Brendan didn't tell the whole story. Also, if you wanna watch any and all of this in full, I'll link to it down below. I'm just trying to make it consumable. But here you had Kalila saying that, yes, they did talk it out and decided to squash it, but felt she was kind of betrayed that he brought it up on the Flagrant 2 podcast. He promised that this would never be brought up again, but then he went on Flagrant 2 and talked about it, so I was like, all right, uh -huh. deal's off. Claiming that behind the scenes, Brendan was handling the situation by talking to Bobby, and that Bobby was getting punished for something he wasn't even a part of, with him seemingly getting dragged into this just because he and Kalila are a couple. Also alleging that there was a concerted effort among comedians to bully Bobby and threaten his career. I have nothing to do with any of it. I don't even know what the f the thing is about. I was being, um, screamed at oh. and bullied. It was like a cool. get your bitch in line phone. Yeah, oh my God. It, was, it was worse than that. It was way worse than that. And my point is, is I'm that sorry, that's just now my yeah. fear is the, the results of whatever this is now going to be. Was there um, was there a text alluding to possibly suing people? Yes, there was. Did it did it freak me out? And did it make me think, oh shit, like such a small thing to sue over, but was there a lot of misunderstanding from his team and us? Yeah, and, but we talked it through, but the truth is the truth. It was not just him. It there was, was a him. whole barrage. It was, it was a Don't phone- Don't say the name. I'm not gonna, but okay. it was a phone call with other podcasters and it was- That's um, some bullshit. They was, flogged you, bro. Not flogged me. They threatened my career. They called me a coward. 
a pussy. You've always been a pussy. I'm sorry, what? that's unacceptable. Yeah, and, and and um, Black they said they would expose me. They said that that's, all these things. With the two then claiming that Brendan accused Bobby of orchestrating online attacks against him. There's yeah. a disconnect between the information <clears throat> he's being fed by his team. I don't think it's all him. Like he's just like I have 300 pages of of proof that um, of an IP address that let's link to oh, Bobby's. Please. Listen to this, Ethan. What link to Bobby's liar. computer. I was like, do you realize Bruh. how tech stupid Bobby Thank is. You. He answers phone calls on his <laughs> iPad. He says that he has proof that me, for the last five or six years, that I've been on Reddit. That Everybody I was breathe. On, I've been spending my time. First of all, number one, I don't own a computer. I don't even know how to buy one, really. You know what I mean? He really does. <laughs> all right, number two, right? I don't know how to get on Reddit. I've asked her, how do you get on it? What is it? So he was going, you're doing this. We can trace the URL back to your house, and you're the leader of this Reddit group. I'm like, bro, first of all, if you look at, from what I hear, if you look at Reddit, there are pages about me as well. And me. And me. And They're destroying me, me, so I don't read it. If he saw the first podcast on Trash Tuesday and said, hey, I really didn't like what you said. It right. have alluded mm -hmm. to me. That's not good for me. And then I would have said, I understand that. I didn't realize that you would be getting extra harassment from all right, of this. Right, I apologize. Right. I will right. not say it again. It's also not a cancelable offense to hit on a woman. With Kalila later adding that there was another element to the story that she was hesitant to reveal, but decided she would anyways, claiming that there were threats to expose something about her as well. With them explaining that for a period of time together, they had an open relationship. Kalila was seeing someone. Bobby knew about it. But saying that there was still this effort to frame it online as though she was cheating. And even though this is something they both knew about, Bobby said that it was frustrating to have this thing dangled over his head because he doesn't always want to tell the world everything about his life. For me to survive be by being a podcaster there are things that I have to keep sacred to myself yeah okay and so um that's why I don't talk about certain things you know what I mean because it's like it's none of them's no one's business this was one of them but and this was one of them and now it's everyone's business. With Bobby also adding that he's still going to be afraid about the fallout from all of this. Which makes sense, right? Because if YouTubers hate one another and they have beef, it's just like, fuck you, no, fuck you. With comedians, it's not just online. They're constantly around one another. And right now, as far as reactions, if you look online, most of it's against Schaub. With people saying things like, it's one thing for Brendan Schaub to not be funny, which he's not at all, but how the hell is he allowed to get away bullying and threatening to blackmail an established comedian like Bobby Lee? Just pathetic. And that is kind of the one PG comment I can include on this show. Meanwhile, you had others kind of just hoping that Brendan's gonna speak up and respond to all of this. And that, for now, brings us to the end of this story that has, Jesus, everything. Sex, love, lies, allegations, threats of lawsuit, blackmail. Ah, remember when online beef used to just like result in diss track music videos? Man, but I, I will say with this story, I do want to pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on any and all of it? Especially if you're someone that's really big into this kind of comedian podcast bubble, because it feels like everyone interacts with everyone, both at the, the creator level as well as the audiences. So yeah, let me know what you're thinking and why. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Seed. Right? Everything I thought I knew about probiotics was wrong. Seed is the real deal. They combine a probiotic and a prebiotic to form their DSO-1 daily symbiotic, designed to provide benefits beyond the gut. I've been taking Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic for some time now. Time enough to notice the benefits on my health. And their unique capsule design uses an outer prebiotic capsule that protects the inner 24-hour strain probiotic through digestion past your stomach acid for 100% survivability into your colon. Where most other probiotics actually die in your stomach. It's the real deal. Seed goes beyond gut health to help promote clear and glowing skin and heart health, but I have to say, 
the most support has been in my gut health. Right, among other things, healthy regularity, ease of bloating, I mean, it's remarkable the difference I feel. And hey, try it risk-free. In your first month, you get this refillable glass jar, travel glass vial, and a 30-day supply, and after that, they send sustainable refills. So go to seed.com slash Franco and use code DeFranco to get 15% off your first month supply of Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic Plus free shipping. And then let's talk about the peculiar case around Sergio Enrique Diaz Navarro. Because back in March of 2020, he brings in his Jeep to get work done. You have the mechanics in charge there being 19-year-old Daniel Thompson and 42-year-old Jeffrey Hawkins. And after the service was complete, Thompson attempts to get the car started and plans to let it idle to ensure that there's no oil leaks, which is pretty normal. However, based on court documents, it seems like he didn't know how to start the Jeep's manual transmission, which caused the Jeep to lurch forward and pin Hawkins to a cabinet, resulting in injuries that led to Hawkins' tragic death. And a year later, his estate sued both Thompson and Diaz Navarro for $15 million. Now with this, if you're like me, you hear this news and you have two questions in your mind. Why is Diaz Navarro being sued and why is the dealership not? Especially because not only did they hire Thompson and have him work on vehicles, they did that even though he didn't have a license. And as it turns out, the answer to both of those questions is because this happened in Michigan where employers are immune from negligence involving employee accidents. Right, so let's walk through just how fucking dumb this state law is. Right, so if the accident only involves employees, they get paid out by workers' comp, which Hawkins' family is receiving. Also, Thompson's inclusion makes sense. He's the one who messed up, he didn't know what he was doing. But then Hawkins' lawyer claimed that Diaz Navarro has to be included in this case because he was negligent in handing over his car. Which is because the law in Michigan is that if you are a car owner, you are liable for any accident involving the vehicle if you give permission for someone to use the car. Now, that said, Diaz Navarro is not completely fucked. He did have a way to get around this. Having now managed to successfully sue the dealership himself for indemnity, meaning that they'll be forced to pay if Hawkins' suit against Diaz Navarro is successful. Which is why now you have the dealership's lawyers protecting Diaz Navarro in a lawsuit even though they were initially immune from the lawsuit, which all sounds like an incredibly overcomplicated, too many steps process to get where we should have been. But the story's still not done because even though they are defending Diaz Navarro at the same time, they are appealing the indemnity ruling. So essentially in one hand, they have a bat they're trying to defend Diaz Navarro, but at the same time, in the other hand, they have a knife trying to stab him in the back. Because if they're successful in appealing the indemnity ruling, all of a sudden Diaz Navarro is gonna be on the hook for $15 million. Even though, big reminder, all he did was bring his Jeep in for a routine oil change. It's just absolute, insanity. And then, as promised, we have news that starts with this asshole. You have no choice. None of So that was some fuckface idiot in Manhattan who was responding to pro-choice demonstrators this weekend. And for many, this kind of just highlights how high the stakes are if Roe v. Wade is actually overturned. Because there are people out there who legitimately believe that they have claim over a woman's body. Now, a quick thing that I want to touch on, he and his buddies, you see them sporting FDNY gear, seemingly associated with the department, but you're the agency denying that this morning, writing, a video circulating from a protest in Manhattan over the weekend shows an individual wearing an FDNY sweatshirt. The individual in the video is not a member of the FDNY. The comments may do not represent the views of the FDNY. The matter is under investigation. But all of this is kind of just the tip of the iceberg for how crazy things will be if Roe is overturned. For example, the headquarters of a Madison, Wisconsin-based anti-abortion group was allegedly set on fire on Sunday after a Molotov cocktail was thrown through a window. Also, the words, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either, were spray-painted on the wall outside the building. Julian Appling, president of the Wisconsin Family Action, telling local news, this is the local manifestation of the anger and the lack of tolerance from the pro-abortion people towards those of us who are pro-life. With local authorities and federal agencies investigating the incident, which is largely being treated as an arson investigation. But what we saw 
here wasn't just condemned by the right. You had Planned Parenthood Wisconsin responding to the incident, saying our work to protect continued access to reproductive care is rooted in love. We condemn all forms of violence and hatred within our communities. Governor Tony Evers tweeted, We condemn violence and hatred in all forms, including the actions at Wisconsin Family Action in Madison last night. However, not everyone is buying that this attack was legit. Other Tim Wise, who specializes in writing about race relations and similar social unrest, saying as much. Writing, let's get back to the story itself. Here's why I don't buy it. First, the graffiti is too perfect. The long message they scrawled is like calligraphy, and if you're attacking someone else's shit, you're in a hurry to tag and get out. And adding, on the other hand, if it was an inside job, you're not worried about getting caught. But the big tell is the anarchy symbol and the numeric code for all cops are bastards. With them going on to detail that the anarchy symbol is almost never actually made like that by leftist groups, and that ACAB doesn't even make sense here. And on top of that, adding, also, this event benefits anti-abortion folks exclusively. They need to keep the lid on anger at the reversal of Roe, which they know most people oppose reversing. By making themselves the victim, they hope to do that. And while you're those agreeing and shitting on that opinion and that point of view, with some arguing that even if this event was done by pro-choice people or groups, arguing that it's one attack and there are always idiots in any group, and that doesn't mean that pro-choice people inherently are violent. With people pointing to or arguing things like one attack like this pales in comparison to the hundreds made against abortion clinics by pro-birth groups. Now with that said, Wisconsin wasn't the only place that saw some controversial reactions to Roe v. Wade's potential demise. With protesters demonstrating outside of Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home on Saturday, chanting outside of Kavanaugh's home, we will not go back, we will not go back. We And with this, we saw President Biden via Press Secretary Jen Psaki saying that he strongly believes in the constitutional right to protest, but that should never include violence, threats, or vandalism. And adding, judges perform an incredibly important function in our society, and they must be able to do their job without concern for their personal safety. And that seems to be the biggest argument against the protest, that justices and judges should be able to do their jobs without fear of any reprisals. Right? Arguing that otherwise it could open the floodgates to mobs forcing judges to make decisions one way or the other. However, at the same time, you had many defending those protests. With arguments like uh, this one from a professor at Princeton, pointing out that the Supreme Court upheld the right of anti-gay activists to protest at military funerals so long as the protesters stayed on public land. Adding hashtag, I'm not a lawyer, but it kind of feels like what goes around comes around. With others mocking conservative talking points that those who disagree with Roe's potential overturning could just move to a state that allows abortions, claiming that if Kavanaugh didn't like the protest, he could just move. But for now, that is where the story is. And the question I want to pass off to you, it doesn't have to do with like, was the attack false flag or not? Because that's just gonna be a lot of conjecture. Rather, what are your thoughts regarding protests happening outside of Kavanaugh's house? You're for it, you're against it, you're somewhere in the middle, maybe you're confused by it. What are you thinking and why? But ultimately, that is where that story and today's show ends. As always, thank you for watching, being a part of the conversation in those comments. My name is Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.